the Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to Horse and Hound special daily podcasts from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound and also eventing editor, relevant this week, and I'm joined by three of my colleagues, Lucy Elder, Martha Terry and Gemma Redrup, who are also at Burley with me. Well, it's the big day today at Burley, Cross Country Day. The action's been finished for a couple of hours, but we've all been running around doing lots of jobs. And uh, now time to give you our thoughts on the podcast. We've had a fair old shake-up of the leaderboard with uh, lots of changes. So we'll start off by talking about our new top three and their performances today. So, Gemma, you kick us off. Who's our new leader? Our new leader is... Piggy March and the wonderful Vanir Kamira, 17 years young, I think. They, I mean, well, they flew round. They were just one second over the 11 minute 20 optimum time, so that's 0.4 of a penalty added to their 22.6 dressage score. But um, she, she's definitely a mare that loves the big occasion, as Piggy's sort of said quite um, quite a few times. And um, yeah, she's just her usual cool, gritty self, or both of them actually. Um, what was quite interesting was Piggy did say that sort of in minutes four and five, after the going through the Defender Valley for the first time, and then after the Trout Hatchery going up to the Waterloo Plain, she was she felt the mare go a bit one pace, um, and because it's all a little bit uphill basically, and um, she ended up being twelve seconds down on on the clock at that point, but. She then said as soon as she sort of got to the top by the Cotswold Leap and came, came to come down the hill, she sort of let Vanir Kamira go. She put her nose on the floor and off she went. And um, yes, they did pretty well to finish just one second over the time. Yeah, it was a, a very impressive round. I thought the piggy was a real cut above anybody we had seen to that point on the, on the course as one of the earlier riders. And we can actually hear from piggy now. Oh, she's a good girl, isn't she? She's an amazing little horse and she's so... She's got so much tiger. I'm so glad it's over. <laughs> and that she's all in one piece. I just wanted her to come back and enjoy it like she always has done. You know, I can't remember how many bad moments we had. I don't think I swore too many times. I think my um, heart was in my mouth a couple of moments, but she never get the feeling that she wasn't going and trying really hard. So I'm the queen of one second over, but that's fine, I think. <laughs> I think after 11 minutes 20, how do I always manage to just find one that's over? But she finished so full of running and, you know, flying. So, you know, what a good girl. We're all very proud. She owes us all nothing. So the rider who is in second place is a New Zealander. Lucy, you tell us about this one. Yes, and actually they were in second place after dressage as well. This is Tim Price and Vitali. Uh, they've added 5.2 time to their very good dressage score, which was 21.3, um, meaning Piggy doesn't have a fence in hand over them. Their round was really impressive. I think I've said before that this horse his cross-country performance really impressed me at Le Moulin and but Burley's a very very different challenge and he impressed again he just looked class um and I can't wait to see what else that they can achieve there is a big question mark over their show jumping but I think Tim's been working quite a lot on that and I'll be really interested to see what they pull out the bag tomorrow mm, definitely for sure and we can hear from Tim now talking about that round he was super, uh, yeah, a lovely pleasant surprise of how well he coped with everything and he 
yeah, stay clean, cope with the big jumps, big distances, the intensity, um, just beautifully, and then fought his way home for me. I'm very, very happy with him. So the rider in third is actually Tim's wife, Janelle Price. It's a bit of a Price-Power couple moment. Martha, tell us about Janelle's performance. Well, Janelle's ride, Classic Moe, was absolutely amazing. It had to be the round of the day. She moved up from 25th after dressage to third, um, adding nothing, not a single time fault. Um, and so she, she's on 32.2, which is her dressage score. Uh, it's just incredible to watch this mare go cross country and um, actually Piggy March said that both of these mares are just freaks of nature they have such grit and heart and we're just so lucky to witness them um, Janelle was very sweet about her she said she this this mare lives for Saturdays and everything else is a necessary evil I mean you could just see that when she was standing in the start box even her great big black ears are so tightly pricked and she's like that all the way around what's quite funny is Janelle's stopwatch battery ran out which is sort of not what you want on the um, in the Burley start box but she's obviously got the most incredible internal clock the mare's fast she just kept going she said oh well I, well I just kept going in a rhythm and I had no idea when I went through the finish whether it was a really good round or a really bad round um, it could not have been any better yeah it's pretty amazing to be the only person to go inside the time at Burley on a 19 year old mare while not having any watch to back you up. <laughs> we can hear from Janelle now. She starts off talking about that problem she had with her watch and she was speaking to Lucy earlier today. Yeah, it wasn't the plan. I was just saying, you know, we come here, make sure we tick all the boxes in terms of preparation, but you never quite know when that battery's going to run out, do you? And I mean, it could have done it, you know, in France last week or something, but no, it waited for Burley for me. So uh, just one of the challenges to add to this track, but, you know, how lucky am I to sit on a mare like this? showed you didn't need it and tell me about you know what it means to you to be riding around Burley on that super special mare. Oh look if anything I just feel a huge amount of pressure actually now because you know I think the longer they go she's so well known for her cross country prowess for her speed so if I do anything other than go fast or clear um, you know it's bad and it's all on my shoulders but you know I'm just delighted we were able to pull it off again today and uh, yeah what, what a well she really is um, a queen when it comes to cross country. So, of course, it wasn't all, all roses out on the course today. The course was very influential. There were a lot, of, a lot of falls and a lot of problems. It was definitely an exciting day. We're going to chat about some of the most high-profile problems for riders who were well up there after the dressage and then had some issues. So I think it's only right that we start by talking about Kitty King with Vondre de Biatz. She was the dressage leader um, and was having a really super round until she got up to the Fairfax and Favour boot racks which is at the top of, top of the course, just before the turn to the Cottesmore Leap. And this was two sort of white and blue oxes. And a couple of riders had, had had falls there, not long before Kitty, in fact. And Kitty looked like she had a great spot coming in. Um, Vondra Dibiatz, known as Froggy, took off. And he appeared to only see the front rail of the oxer. He thought it was not right. He sort of half went to put down, managed to somehow pick his front legs up again, but crashed through the back rail and broke a frangible device there so had 11 penalties and um, you know that that's part of our sport they are safety devices and this wasn't a case of a tiny tap that he didn't deserve to be penalized for he probably would have fallen if that fence hadn't been frangible but it was a, a genuine mistake you know the horse didn't sight the fence properly and it maybe did happen to a few horses there in a, in a not quite the same but certainly a couple of horses around that time had a problem there so it was really unfortunate Kitty came home with six time faults she wondered whether 
it had happened because he was a little tired so she sort of let him coast down Winners Avenue to see how he felt and then realised she still had plenty of horse and picked up again to run home she's actually still lying sixth which is pretty incredible with 11 penalties um, yeah it'll be interesting to see to see what happens tomorrow he's a good show jumper so it's going to be could be very much of what might have been weekend for, for Kitty very very frustrating we had another horse who was in the top three after dressage who, who dropped down the leaderboard um, in an even more, well, not, not necessarily dramatic fashion, but, but dropped right off the leaderboard. Um, Martha, tell us about Sarah Bullymore and Coroway. Yeah, so their bid came to an end quite early and uh, when, when Coroway just glanced off the final element at the, leaf, the Holland Cooper leaf pit, um, he, he, looked, he got a, a good jump down the drop, he jumped the big brush oxer well, and then he, it, he just didn't quite lock on and he just you know, glanced off. Um, and Sarah, who is riding with an injury, she was studded in the knee um, the weekend before and she decided to pull up. There's, there's no point going around if you're injured and you know, whether that affected her ability to, to keep him straight, we don't know. Yeah, and it's probably worth saying that there were quite a few horses who had the same problem there and ran out. Um, the three strides was long. You had to be very committed on it. And some horses, even if they were in a position where they could have taken off, just didn't seem to quite read the question there and, and take on that corner. There were a lot of problems there, particularly early in the day, I think, before riders really realised how influential it might be and, and, and learned to ride it. And also with, with that corner as well, it was quite interesting, which we were talking about a lot in the, in the mix zone. The alternative route, if you jump the straight route down the leaf pit and then jump the brush and, and then pulled left, actually wasn't that much longer. And there were a few riders down in the mix zone that was sort of that had obviously jumped through it and, and and also taken this route that I'm talking about, and sort of said, why aren't other people sort of copying on, copying onto this a little bit? So, uh, just yeah, while we're mentioning that fence, it was quite interesting. Yeah, that's true. We didn't actually see a lot of people take the long route even later in the day, despite the problems. Though I do think riders maybe learnt to, to ride it and to have the real determination in showing the horse through the fence as the day went on. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there were a variety of reasons. It was a big corner and, and a lot of the riders that was saying about this route said it's a big effort for them and if it's only going to add four seconds on at that stage of the competition, you don't want to take all their effort out of them at the very early stage. Anyway, it's an interesting one. No, it's definitely a really interesting one. It's great to hear Gemma's thoughts there. Gemma probably spoke to the most riders of any of us today. She was down in the mix zone speaking to, to lots and lots of people while Martha and I were writing web stories while receiving uh, quotes from Gemma to do that. Gemma will be writing the magazine report this week in Horse and Hounds, so getting a great overall impression from the riders there. Gemma, let's talk about Oliver Townend's two horses. He had two in the top ten after yeah. dressage and it didn't pan out for either of them, did it? It didn't, and that's a massive shame, really. Um, his first ride that he had today, Chagilda, fell at the second-to-last fence, the parasol table, literally right in front of the house. You could, could see home, virtually. And Oliver didn't do anything wrong, uh, as far as any of us could see. Uh, the horse just sort of buckled on, on landing. They were both fine. Um, yeah, and up till that point, he'd enjoyed a... a it, Trigilda would look class basically um, so that was a shame and then Oliver's second and final ride Swallow Springs he's a season five star campaigner now for whatever reason at 10 fence 10b the trout hatchery which is the corner in the in the first part of the trout hatchery left a leg and they both went swimming again they both look to be fine it's just I guess you've got to just mark it down to being one of those days and the nature of the sport sometimes but uh, Oliver didn't really deserve either of them, to be fair. No, it was pretty unfortunate. That's uh, 
that Oliver had those those couple of falls and got very wet in the second one hopefully he and uh, and both the horses are all right they did both walk away from those falls well we will be back in a couple of uh, a couple of moments to talk about some other riders who oppressed us today the horse and hand burley daily podcast is supported by bailey's performance balancer if your horse needs to build muscle and top line but not gain condition they need correct training along with the right dietary building blocks. Bailey's Performance Balancer contains quality protein, which supplies important amino acids to help you build that muscle without adding to the waistline. So, of course, there were uh, there were a lot of riders out on course today, uh, further down the leaderboard and. Uh, Lots who, who moved up the leaderboard and had great rounds, first-timers, young riders. Let's talk about some of the other riders who impressed us this uh, on this cross-country day. Martha, you kick off. Yeah, so I was really impressed by Bubby Upton. She came here on a bit of a mission, a rather high-profile last fence run out at Badminton when she'd done a, a brilliant round up till then. She was 11th overnight after dressage, and she's now 7th, having only added 10 time faults. Um, she 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 just looked on a mission from the from the minute she came out of the start box and the leaf pit which had been causing trouble most of for most of the day William Fox but also ran out there she I almost thought that Cola was going to run out he he just had a little little kind of cock of his head and she gave him a big kick and he did it and she she said later um, after that I thought game on we're doing it now and but every single fence she made sure it happened I think if your horse has run out of the final fence you, you, you make sure every fence happens um, she's, she's brilliant Bobby she's so analytical so that would have been very disappointing at badminton but instead of sort of ignoring it or feeling negative about it she, she motivated herself for Burley by watching the video just before she went round watching the video of her badminton run because she said 99% of it was perfect and if that's your badminton debut that should motivate you and I mean, goodness me, it worked. They they looked class the whole way round. She's only 23. <laughs> and I, I also really hope, for Bobby's sake, that everybody, now she's put, had this amazing performance, everyone will stop talking about her running out of the last fence of Cabinton because she's, she's class. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to see an awful lot more of Bubby over the years and there's going to be a lot of a lot of things we'll say. Those of us who, you know, are going to be in the sport for 30 years will still be saying, well, I remember, you know, that badminton. <laughs> but I'm sure we'll be talking about Bubby winning five stars, winning medals, and uh, that will sink into history for everyone apart from our soldier dinosaurs. So, um, Lucy, let's come to you next. I'm going to talk about... Alice Casburn and Topspin, they have absolutely rocketed up the leaderboard. They were in 30th place overnight after dressage and they are now in 30th place after dressage and they're now in 8th and their round was, it was class from start to finish I want to say. Um, Alice is the youngest rider in the field and um, this horse is a second generation homebred so it makes it really really special and I think we're going to hear from Alice in a second more about that. Uh, they crossed the line with 6.8 time folds and at 12 months ago she hadn't done a five star and now they've gone clear around Poe, Badminton and Burley I mean and they deserved every 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 one of those clears. Yeah definitely let's hear from Alice talking to Lucy earlier. He is pretty phenomenal, to be honest. You know, I went into my first five-star thinking, this is, you know, he's always had the talent and he's always had the scope and the ability. 
but he never sort of had to try around the other tracks and I think these are the sort of tracks where you need a horse that's got you know real heart and they want to dig deep for you and um, you know I think he's proved that he's willing to do whatever it takes and you know I, I can't be more grateful for the partnership I have with him so yeah a pretty incredible nine months. <laughs> and so special as well second generation homebred that must make it even even more special. Yeah yeah it is and especially for my mum as well you know she um, she's had him growing up over the years and he hasn't been very pleasant to be honest um, he, he's really grown into himself and um, you know she gets really teary sort of, of, of watching him and stuff like that and for anyone that knows my mum she's not an emotional person but no it is really nice and to have a horse like I said earlier you know I know all of his quirks and you know when he goes away I know everything that might happen but no it, it does make it that much more special to have a horse you know that I've gone through the ranks with together and you know he's, I've, I saw him being born so no it's really sweet yeah does it make you emotional as well yeah, I, I am a crier, to be honest. I did have a little tear coming through the finish and um, I I go home and I kind of sit there and I don't really think it's it's me. Um, I get really emotional when I watch back the videos and I look at the results. I went to... Um, Spit. My, my granny always wanted sort of me and my horse to, to compete here. Um, I wasn't even riding spin at that point and she took me to Burley every year and said, oh, one day. And um, I went to the school balls with mum last night when it was sort of getting dark and I was like, saw my name and I was like, wow, this is really real now. So yeah, no, it really does mean a lot. So Gemma, I'm coming over to you next for another rider who impressed you. Yeah, so my pick is Tom Jackson and the lovely grey Capel's Hollow Drift, who rose have actually risen from 13th after the dressage into 4th after their great round across country today. And I think they were actually third fastest. Um, they finished nine seconds over the optimum time, so that's 3.6 time faults. And, I mean, they both look... Uh, this is Tom's first Burley, but uh, they've jumped clear around Babington earlier this year, but, and they both look class today. And... And Tom sort of said afterwards that he, the horses definitely come on from Babington. Um, they were held, um, sort of, what would it be, half, not quite halfway, not quite halfway round, which I think Tom said he didn't know how the horse would would react for for being held, but ultimately it maybe did help them a little bit, which in getting them home so speedily. But yeah, really exciting pair for sure. Yeah, definitely, and really impressive debut and so many British first-timers up there in the top 10 and I'm going to speak about another one Wills Oakden he's now lying 10th with 10 time faults and having ridden around on Uterard Cooley he said that it was uh, it, it was hard work and then but the horse kept trying as hard as he could and, and he's so proud of him and um, he also said he was slightly out of control for three minutes but uh, but but he didn't elaborate too much on that but he said the horse just kept going gritting his teeth answered a lot of questions he's a 12 year old old horse uh, sort of bred in the purple for eventing he's by puissance out of a cruising mare and you know a lot of those coolie horses that are doing so well now in eventing one from uh, from richard shane's coolie coolie production yard so good work by wills and uh, yeah just, just so many british well four british first timers that we've all all chosen there as riders who impressed us so ladies quick overall impressions thoughts on the day i think uh, Gemma and Martha are a bit ahead of me on this one because you went to the press conference and heard a bit from uh, from Derek de Grazia and a bit more from the riders in a more reflective reflective fashion. Um, who, who wants to kick us off with some thoughts? I will try. Um, I think Derek was pretty happy with how it had gone. I, I think Piggy March was saying in the press conference that um, 
when she walked it, there were a couple of distances that she was unsure of. In terms, for example, she thought the second part of the trout hatchery where you jump roll top into and then t- to a triple brush, she thought that worked, walked on a perfect two and a half strides, which obviously wouldn't have been ideal. But as it was, it, it rode on, on, a, on a perfect three. So I think riders have learned a, a lot about his courses, especially those that maybe haven't been around many of them before. But um, overall, I think everyone was pretty happy. It was always going to be interesting, wasn't it? Because Derek, as you said, riders will pro- probably will have learnt a lot because Derek hasn't designed over in the UK before. Obviously, he's designed in Kentucky, designed at the Olympics, and and it felt a different flavour. I felt Completely. of Burley this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He said the first thing that he he his first thought on it was that he was very grateful that there are a lot of experienced riders. Um, but at the same time, and, and hats off to those great runs, but at the same time, lots of first-timers went clear, um, and that was really encouraging for him. He did mention the horse falls and how much he hated that. They weren't, as far as I can remember, rotationals. They were more slides and, and slips, um, which is obviously much better. Um, what I found interesting is um, he was asked what his first thought for 2023 was um, and sort of what he'd learnt from this, and he said that he likes to wipe the slate clean and create something new and a new challenge for riders. So I think we may even see something very different next year, uh, an even more direct twist. <laughs> I don't know how many horse falls there actually were. Haven't had a chance to count that up yet, but certainly there were a good few. I there were nine. Nine, that is a lot from a field of 52. I didn't I see... I think there were three in the Trout Hatchery Water where Swallow Springs fell, so yeah. it's quite yeah. a few. Yeah, nine from a field of 51 starters. We had 52 at the beginning of the week. Um, Tim Price chose not to run at Polystar, one of his rides. Um, but can I say one more thing as well? Um, just talking about sort of these falls and things. Pip Funnel came back after her first ride on Billy Walk-On and she made some really interesting points about frangible devices and the fact that she was wondering whether the use of them on these big oxer rail type fences is encouraging course designers to build them to their maximum dimensions in terms of width knowing that they will collapse if a horse lands on them now i know that sounds interesting but she said she's on she was billy walk on is a very good jumper and he not didn't feel disheartened but he was using all of his scope like all the way around a lot of the time and she didn't know you know, if, if we didn't have those, whether the course designers would would still use them. I, it was just an interesting thought, and um, she was obviously very happy at the end of the day because she got two horses around clear. But um, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see some stats on that because I'm sure there will be. Someone will have, yeah. you know, cross country fences, you know, and courses through the years to see, yeah, to see the trends. And well, she said the dimensions haven't changed, and yet would she bring a bits and pieces? Yeah. Who was quite a small horse? Would she bring him here now with the fact that every fence is big? Well, there's she no let up. Would she bring, you know, Supreme Rock here? Did she? she? You know, she said, you know, it wasn't just the, about being having a little horse. Um, it's, I, yeah, I guess how the sports develop. But she was questioning whether it's. A, a good thing that they can sort of rely on the clips a little bit maybe yeah it's a really interesting point and uh, yeah i think i think no doubt overall that it was an influential day's sport there were 30 finishers from 51 starters sort of 58 percent and 24 clears 47 percent and uh, yeah it was a really exciting day's sport i think i didn't we haven't had any official updates on injuries to horses or riders but i certainly didn't see any falls 
in which we know that horses and riders did not walk away. As far as we know, the horses and riders walked away from all of the falls. Can't give you that 100% definitively, but certainly there were no long holds on course, which you tend to get when uh, when there are more serious injuries. So hopefully they are, all those who fell are all fine and well and back in the stables slash lorry park. Um, yeah, I think it was a good day, an exciting day, and uh, we're all looking forward to tomorrow, which we're going to talk a little more about in a moment. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup. We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330-333-1313 to find out more. So looking forward to tomorrow, final day of, uh, of this year's Burley. I think it's been a, a classic one, whatever happens. But what do we think is going to happen? We've got uh, Vanir Kamira leading with Piggy March, Tim Price sitting second with Vitali, Janelle Price third with Classic Murray, host of others close behind them. We're, we're slightly hampered also by not actually having results in front of us on paper. Well done, Gemma, who's managed to bring out her laptop so we can actually see the scores and see how close, uh, how close things are but who wants to kick us off with a prediction for the final day can i kick off go for it Lise. i'm predicting veneer kinamira to win uh, classic moe in second um and then i won't predict further than that but we're gonna have two vintage mares um reigning supreme yeah i think i tend to agree purely for me piggy is on 23 on veneer kinamira tim bryce is on 26.5 um Vitali is hopefully an improving show jumper. That's certainly what Tim was saying to me when I spoke to him after um, his show jumping round at the Festival of British Eventing at Gatcombe last month. But then there's a big gap uh, down to 32.2 to Janelle in third. So my thought would be that Pig could probably have one down and still win it as long as Tim has one down as well. Uh, Pig could probably even... Well, she can. She can have two down and still win it if, if Tim... if um, Tim has a few faults so yeah yeah I think that was kind of where I was going just looking at those gaps in scores as you say Gemma it is a big stretch from Tim to Janelle I'm going to predict that Piggy and Tim each have one down but hold those top two places Martha I predict 
that Veneer Kamara is going to win maybe with one down. Classic Moe is going to come second. I'm not sure how many she's going to have down. And then both wonderful mares are going to be retired in the arena and everyone's going oh, to cry. I'm going to cry whatever, <laughs> I think. And I always cry. Third, <laughs> we'll, yeah, I would cry too. Um, and then third will be another mare, Pencross Crown Jewel, because Ros always jumps clear. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would put money on uh, on Pencross Crown Jewel to, to jump clear, and actually Vondra de Viet sitting sixth is a is a very good jumper. It's just the gap down to those two that I think will prevent them pulling up to be on the podium. Interesting one predicting those retirements, Martha. I mean, it can't be far away for either of those two mares, and it will be interesting to see if the uh, the riders choose to do it tomorrow. Perhaps depending on uh, on on how they 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 go tomorrow, even. I I'll say as well. Just it would be interesting to to see who fills the lower half of the top ten as well, because it would be really cool to see um, people like Bobby Upton and Alice still be there, uh, as well as Wills and yeah, Richard Jones, who's in eleventh as well, and it's sort of quite close between them. So it'd be nice to see them up there. Yeah, definitely. We've got so many British first-timers right up there in the top 10 that we should have some some really exciting and strong performances. When we come back tomorrow, I think we'll revisit some of the predictions we made earlier in the week and see who was the best pundit. Um, definitely not me, since uh, I uh, said that Oratorio and William Fox would win and they did not complete the cross-country course. Can't remember what other predictions I made, but uh, we'll, we'll have a quick look at those again when we speak to you on our final, uh, final Burley special podcast tomorrow night. Uh, anything to add, ladies? I've just had a lovely day. <laughs> and it's so, I'll say, I'm going to be boring. It's just really nice to be back at Burley and there'll be loads of crowds here. And as far as I can see, a pretty good day of sport. Agreed. Well, Gemma's got a couple of thousand words to write. The rest of us have uh, got words to write for the website, <laughs> videos to edit and so on. So we will let you, uh, let you get on with your day, listeners, and we'll get on with ours. But thank you for listening to Horse and Hand's special daily podcast from the Land Rover Burley Horse Trials, supported by Bailey's Performance Balancer.